Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast, our first podcast. Um, just want to welcome everyone in and Melinda's here with me. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the new podcast that we've created specifically around the Brisbane property market. And there's a lot of reasons why we wanted to focus specifically on Brisbane, because a lot of the news that we hear and a lot of the other podcasts that are out there really focus on the Australian property market. But I think it's pretty clear that um, every market has its own drivers of supply and demand. And that's why we really want to focus in on Brisbane. Yeah, so just a, a bit of a, a background um, about Melinda and myself. So we've, uh, we're Brisbane-based, obviously, and we've had a construction company for approximately 20 years, our own construction company. We did our own developments where we did unit developments. We've done renovations, refurbishments, and in the last couple of years, we've um, we started up a Brisbane-based buyer's agent, Streamline Property Buyers, here in Brisbane to help people in the market. And look, I think that um, what is relevant here is um, obviously, you know, we're very experienced in Brisbane property. Um, I've also come from a research background, so we're very good at analysing Brisbane property data, but overlaying that with what is current and what we're seeing on the ground because one thing that we do know in relation to property is that when we're looking at data, in most cases that is retrospective. So the purpose of this podcast is not only to summarise the data and interpret what that means, but also help buyers, whether they're looking for a home or an investment property, to understand what is actually happening on the ground here in Brisbane, uh, in the rental market, in the buy, in the sales market as well. So just to provide a broad cross-section of um, what we're actually seeing on the ground. So in the future episodes, you'll probably uh, get a bit of an understanding on how, how we work. Um, as Melinda said, she is a researcher by background so she will probably come up with a lot of numbers and stats and all the data uh, my background is uh, i'm a licensed builder and still a current licensed builder here in queensland and i will talk probably more about uh, renovations refurb i do the, go along to the building and pest inspections so i talk about how buildings are, are built um, and we look at things like overlays so we brisbane's obviously in a uh, flood zone a flood area so we've got the river and we're affected by floods. So things like that in future episodes will give people a bit more of an understanding of some of the issues, some of the things that could um, come up when you look at property here in Brisbane. And of course, you know, that's what makes Brisbane unique and um, certainly what makes Brisbane different from some of the other major capitals around Australia. Uh, not only is the style and the architecture of our homes very different, but the way our homes have been built previously is very different. And Scott's going to provide some really expert, some expert knowledge um, in relation to that and how that impacts you as a property buyer, whether it's a home or an investment that you're looking for. Uh, and we also, because coming from a development, a property development background, we understand the town planning principles that apply to uh, what, what happens in terms of um, the development code, not only what Brisbane looks like today, but we can foresee what Brisbane will look like in the future and help buyers to understand what sort of impacts they need to be looking for when they're purchasing a property. And Scott touched on one of those being the flood overlays, but there's other overlays that um, we can help people to understand that will impact on a property purchase. So we're going to cover that in future episodes as well. 
Yeah, so as we as um, we've sort of said, some of the other things we'll talk about um, things like infrastructure. Brisbane's changing day by day um, compared to twenty years ago and twenty years time. How different it will be. They're the things we look at. Um, the the transport corridors, things like that. All the new infrastructure that's happening. We've we talk about the the new runway, uh, Queen's Wharf, all these types of things that are actually happening and creating a new a new Brisbane a more livable Brisbane and um, why people actually want to live up here and they can afford to live up here as well. And it's been a big driver of our population growth over recent years. In fact, the last uh, 18 months or so um, have seen an acceleration in the population of southeast Queensland and a lot of that has been driven by interstate migration. So I think our lifestyle um, tends to appeal to people from the south. I know it's hot and I know it's humid at times, but it is warm throughout the year and we do have a climate that a lot of southerners uh, want and, and really desire. But not only that, Brisbane's actually much more affordable. So, you know, when we hear media headlines around, you know, property values have declined or property values have, you know, spiked it doesn't always necessarily apply to each particular capital city. And that's another reason why we really wanted to differentiate Brisbane because our property markets do not cycle um, in the same ways as other major property markets around Australia. And that's fairly evident over the last uh, three to four years where we did see Brisbane property prices came off only 1% or 2% um, across the same period of time that Melbourne and Sydney saw declines in the up to 14 and 17% respectively. Uh, now, obviously, property markets all move in different rates at different times. And that's something that we really want to take a deep dive into in future episodes as well so that people can understand what's happening in Brisbane because it doesn't always um, apply across the board that markets move in the same timeframes. Yeah, and it's also um, some of the interest here in um, in Brisbane. So a lot of the times when we go to properties to have a look at the properties, there's the amount of interest um, and the demand on the, on the property is is huge at the moment. So it's it's obviously showing the interest there. People can afford properties here in Brisbane and you can get a house and land, existing house and land, not not the new type of thing, but um, you know, you can afford to buy that as opposed to other capitals, for example, where you'd be, probably be lucky to get a, a one or a two bedroom unit for what you could actually buy a house here in Brisbane on a 600 odd square block of land. Let's tackle that a little bit more because when I look at the index or the latest median value results as at the end of March 2020, Brisbane's current median house price sits at $506,553. So what that means is that the um, the middle value, the median value is just under half a million dollars. Now let's compare that to Melbourne, which has a current median value of 695 $299,000. And then, of course, Sydney higher again with a median value of $882,849. So there's a huge price disparity between Brisbane and the other major capitals um, on the east coast of Australia. And that's what drives the affordability here 
in southeast Queensland and it's certainly been a contributing factor to the increase in interstate migration that we have experienced over recent years. It's also the, uh, the it's very livable as Melinda touched on earlier you know we've we've got the sunshine up here we've got the beaches it's easy to get around um, tr- driving around is actually still quite easy to do here in Brisbane and we can get it up and down the coast quite easily to uh, to enjoy the lifestyle as well. And that's um, an interesting point, actually, because yes, at the moment, we can still jump in the car and drive into the CBD or drive from our homes to our workplaces. However, the data does confirm that the commute times here in Brisbane have doubled in the last 10 years. So because our population continues to grow and because our roads continue to become more congested, we will only see the commute times increasing further in the future. And as a property buyer, that's actually something to consider, especially if you are an investor, because you need to understand not just what an area is going to be like today or at the time of purchase, but you also need to understand how accessible that area is going to be to employment hubs in the future. And for investors or home buyers, generally it's a long-term um, period of time that you hold that asset. So if you're looking 10 years from now or even 20 years from now, Brisbane's going to be very different. Our road congestion rates are going to be very different. And that's something as a property buyer that you need to take into account when you're selecting a location for one of the biggest assets that you're likely to buy. Now, I haven't asked Melinda this one, but I'm going to just throw this at her. Do you know um, what the public transport's like in um, Adelaide, for example, if you're in the outer areas of Adelaide? I have no idea about Adelaide. Um, Melbourne? I have visited Melbourne a few times and used their public transport system, but I wouldn't be able to tell you which areas are, you know, going to benefit from future infrastructure in their public transport network. So no, I can't answer that question either. What about Brisbane? Well, of course, being a Brisbane born, bred and Brisbane local all my life, I I understand not only what the public transport used to be, I understand what the public transport is like today, but more importantly, I understand everything about what infrastructure is funded under construction and coming that will benefit Brisbane, uh, but more so what infrastructure is planned and likely to be constructed in the future. And that's the sort of information that um, becomes critical when making decisions about purchasing property. Yeah, and that, and that's huge. As you, as you can tell, it is it is huge when you want to buy a property, whether it's a, your principal place of residence or whether it's investment property, transport and thinking ahead in the future is a very, very important thing to do. And that's actually something that's very relevant here in Brisbane because I know we had the most recent city plan was um, in the Brisbane City Shire, that is. That came out in 2014. Now, how Brisbane has changed since then is is phenomenal, to be honest. We've seen areas that were previously dominated by industrial sheds completely converted to medium and high density residential unit dwellings. Now, that's caused massive gentrification in certain locations, but it has also caused a significant shift in the way we um, live in property, the way we commute to different locations, but also a shift in the supply and the demand for property in certain locations because with the huge um, 
buildup, I guess you could say, of residential unit construction in Brisbane. It pushed us into a period of oversupply, especially in 2016 and 2017, where we were having about oh, between 10 and 11,000 units delivered to the market in both of those years. In fact, uh, one of our residential developments came to the market right in the peak of that in 2016, didn't it, Scott? Yeah, so we did a, a set of units where we demolished a house and we built seven units, boutique type of units on this um, site. Luckily, uh, they came on the market around that time, but because they were built a little bit different, though, we targeted the owner-occupiers and we managed to sell all seven to owner-occupiers. Uh, so it was actually good timing in a way that we we did it and then we moved out of that market straight after because it peaked and there was an oversupply. Yeah, so it's actually important and something that we will discuss in future episodes to understand who the target market always is. And, you know, whether you're a property developer, which was the, the case in this instance, but even as a home buyer or an investor, understanding who the next buyer is going to be is always very critical when you're making a purchasing decision because that's going to protect the future value of your asset um, and also the potential future liquidity of the asset. So it's something that needs to be considered further. So I guess, you know, extending on from that, Brisbane is always um, in a different part of the cycle to other states like Sydney, sorry, other capitals like Sydney and Melbourne. Um, And when we were in a period of oversupply, um, it's like we're a bit ahead of where Sydney and Melbourne are because at that time, our vacancy rates in the residential space also skyrocketed and we were seeing vacancy rates at around 4.5% at the peak. And, um, And that made a big difference to you know, the ability to rent out properties, particularly in the unit market, but also in the inner city housing market, because we saw a lot of people leaving the older Queenslanders in inner city locations and taking up lease agreements in the brand new units because developers were offering incentives for that. So you can see how planning changes that um, create future supply um, and therefore create more dwellings um, can impact you as an investor or a home buyer because it influences the balance between supply and demand and then has run-on effects into uh, the the rental yields that you can achieve, the potential vacancy rate for a property that you may own as an investor and also property values because if there's too much supply in a given location, the value of a property can stall. Yeah, there's also a lot of areas around Brisbane and and I guess every um, town or capital um, where there's where there's new development, so there's there's large pieces of land which they're developing. Um, so it's also understanding when we talk here in Brisbane specifically about certain areas that are land banked. Um, Melinda will probably touch more on that as well. Is is just understanding where there's a demand for that land, and if there's a shortage of the the land as opposed to large plots where they just cut them up and sell stage one, and then next minute the developer's got stage two, stage three, and so forth. It that's the sort of things you need to understand what is going on around you. If you're in the, the areas in the city, and we've had some uh, with some people that have approached us about renovating their their dream home and where they live at the moment, yet right next door to them could be zoned for, for units and townhouses and things like that. So it's just understanding where the property is, what's around you, what's surrounding you, and and transport, all those types of things as well in the, in the area. 
And it's a good um, thing that Scott has just touched on in terms of those new estates, uh, because I know that there's a lot of noise out there, particularly in the property investment market. And uh, there are a lot of property spookers, spookers that you need to be aware of that will say that population growth in this location is um, is accelerating. Now, population growth alone does not drive property values. Uh, what people need to understand is that if the supply of dwell- dwellings in a particular location is keeping up with the population growth, then it's unlikely that there will be price growth. Price growth in property values comes when there is limited supply and growing or increasing demand for property. And we're going to touch on all of those things that um, impact on supply and demand in Brisbane, specifically in future episodes. But um, it is something that I do see a lot where developers um, are promoting their product um, as being great investment opportunities in new estates, which are on the perimeter of um, greater Brisbane with long commutes to employment hubs but they are in new estates where there might be five or six stages planned. And believe me, with conversations that we've had with many property buyers, particularly investors that have purchased in those new estates, price growth can be stalled for many years because the value of the asset or the value of the building itself depreciates at a faster rate than the land actually appreciates. And that's something that we'll be touching on in future episodes here and specifically talking about uh, different locations and different new estates around the city and how they've actually performed so that people can get a good understanding of the difference in capital appreciation for brand new assets versus established dwellings in certain locations here in Brisbane. So I know we're sort of bouncing around a few ideas today of what what is to come and hopefully that's a a good taste for everyone obviously to what is going to come up in the future as well. So other things that I will probably touch upon are if you if you buy an existing house and um, and land, you, what you can actually do with that, how you can manufacture some equity um, from little things, and I'll, I'll give actual real stories about little things like buying a house, doing a bathroom renovation, or giving it a paint, things like that that can increase the rent. So your rental return will increase by just adding that little bit of value to the property. You probably get a better tenant in, and you obviously then create a bit of manufacture a bit of equity through the. Um, property by being a bit smart, not overcapitalizing and not spending too much on it, but just doing enough to make it a nice, clean property someone wants to live in, and then you get that good return. Or if it's your own property, and we quite often say this uh, quite a lot, you can't change the location, but you can change the house. So if you're looking to buy a house in a certain suburb or a certain school catchment, another thing we'll probably touch on in the future, um, if you want to get into that school catchment, for example, you can buy a property there. It might not be exactly what you want, but we can actually change the property to, to make it what you want, but we can't change the location. They're the sort of things that we'll touch on as well in future episodes. Yeah. And one thing Scott mentioned there in relation to improving the rental return by doing some minor cosmetic renovation works. Um, already, Brisbane does appeal to a lot of investors because our rental yields are very attractive in comparison to overall rental yields across Australia and more specifically in relation to Sydney and Melbourne. But let's have a look at that. So, uh, currently, according to SQM, re- rental yields in Brisbane are, on average are greater than 4%. Now, interest rates, as we all know, are at record lows. So what that means is buying a property here in Brisbane for an investment will quite often result in a neutral or positive cash flow 
which means that you're not digging into your own pocket to fund that property. Now, of course, that does depend on your finance structure, whether you're paying principal and interest or interest only, but these are all things that we can discuss in future episodes. So Brisbane gross rental yields are higher than 4%. Compare that with, say, let's say Sydney, where the latest data shows the median yield is 2.6% and Melbourne, 2.7%. And that's all based on a three-bedroom home. So you can see why Brisbane is quite attractive from an investment perspective. Not only are we sitting in a at a time where within the property cycle, we have the greatest opportunity for future capital growth based on our current supply and demand um, ratios or balances, if you like, and we'll touch on that in future episodes as well. But it's also going to deliver a cash return through the yield that is going to be superior to the other southern, southern states. And that's really critical for an investor, particularly in a market where lending can be assessed in, in a way that makes it a little bit more difficult to get higher mortgages. But let's have a look at mortgages. And based on 2018 data, so this is a little bit old, but um, the average mortgage size across all of Queensland was $341,700. Compare that with Sydney at $445,500 or Melbourne at $400,200. So our average mortgage size is a lot lower than it is in the other states. And then when we look at the income levels compared to dwelling prices, again, Brisbane comes out on top again. So when we're looking at how much does a property cost in relation to the average income for the particular area, Brisbane's sitting at 5.3 times the average income. That's what our properties are valued at. So 5.3 times. The whole of Australia is 7.8 times the average income. But when we specifically break that down and compare Brisbane at three point, sorry, at 5.3 times, compare that to Sydney, 10.8 times the average income is what property values are at. And Melbourne, 8.4 times the average income is what property values are at. So you can see, again, that's coming back to how affordable we are here in Brisbane the risk of um, investing in Brisbane is much lower simply because our properties are affordable, our rental returns are higher, and where we sit in terms of supply and demand is quite opportunistic for future capital growth as well. It just it was interesting. Um, I, I've probably seen some capitals, and I have lived in Sydney for a little while as well. I'd be interested to see um, where you'd buy a three-bedroom house in, in other capitals, the distance from the CBD. Um, what you would actually get for that and what size block of land with the house you would get and the distance should actually come from the CBD. It'd be a good exercise. We might actually have a look at that in the future episodes to um, give that sort of information as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope that that's given you um, a little bit of a teaser in terms of what we hope to cover in future episodes. I think the key takeaway from the discussions today uh, relate to the fact that Australia is not one property market. And in fact, each capital city is its own property market. But even more so, what we're going to explore in future episodes is Brisbane is not one property market. And in fact, there's different locations and different suburbs within Brisbane that will perform in different ways, despite what's happening at a macro level. 
So Brisbane's made up of um, a number of shires and we're going to be uh, discussing the geographical layout uh, in future episodes as well. But I think the the main takeaway to, to understand in relation to this episode is that Brisbane is um, very different to other large markets around Australia when it comes to property, uh, but also within Brisbane, we're going to see different areas performing in different ways despite the macroeconomic environment. And that's what we really want to unpack, sorry, unpack in future episodes so that listeners get a good understanding of what is the Brisbane property market, what drives value in different areas, and what sort of things you need to look out for if you are looking to purchase property here in Brisbane whether you are a home buyer or an investor, the information that we're going to be sharing will be relevant. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, our first one of Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, it's been fun chatting and hopefully we can bring some more information, a bit of insight into Brizzy, um, what's happening, some live. Um, we'll talk to some guests coming up in the future episodes as well. And we'll also give some stories, things that are happening out and about live. So if I go to a property, I'll be able to come back and tell you some of the things we've seen, what we do, how we handle it. That might help as well. Um, But yeah, from me, hopefully everyone's enjoyed that and talk next time. Thanks very much. Take care and bye for now. Thanks so much, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll look forward to chatting again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.